Hello, City Church. It's good to be back with you today. Uh, For the next few weeks, I want to talk to you about something uh, very personal to me, and I hope that what I share with you will help you wherever you are in your spiritual journey, and uh, I would like to begin our time with a word of prayer. So, Lord, you know this message that you've placed on my heart. You know what it has meant to me personally. And uh, my prayer is that you would give me uh, faith and strength uh, to speak it well, to speak it clearly. And I pray that this word would have an effect in all of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, a little over a year ago, I went through a season when I really struggled to hear anything from God, sort of like Noel was talking about earlier. Now, normally I get a sense of direction Uh, for the church, you know, and like what to talk about in the services, but it felt like the pipeline was broken in some way. And I also felt distance in my own personal relationship with God. And so one Monday, I decided to pray and fast all day. And so I, I prayed, I fasted, and my prayer for that day was just, you know, God, please speak to me. Please say anything to me, just anything. And so anyway, I I prayed and I fasted that day. And and let me just say uh, to those of you who may be new to church, when I'm talking about hearing something from God, I'm not talking about hearing something like out loud, audibly. Uh, I've never had God speak to me out loud. Uh, Normally when I hear from God, uh, I'm talking about a word or a picture or a thought that comes into my mind that seems to have significance. And when I hear from God, usually I get some kind of confirmation through circumstances or other people about that word that just seemed too timely to be a coincidence. Well, anyway, the night after I spent that day praying and fasting, I was awakened at about 3.30 in the morning because I, I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw a word. And the way I saw the word was so vivid and so unique that I paid attention to it. You see, the word that I saw, it was spelled out with light bulbs, you know, like a a Broadway theater marquee. And the word that I saw was this, revive, revive. And so I mulled that word over for a few moments, and I went back to sleep. And in the morning, I I went through my normal routine, and normally in the morning, I have my God time at breakfast. And again, for those of you who may not be new to church, God time is a time where we set aside time regularly to meet with God by uh, reading the scriptures, meditating, and praying. And so That morning, I was uh, reading through the scriptures, and I just so happened, I was reading through the the Bible chronologically, and I was reading through the Old Testament uh, prophetic book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah 127, the prophet wrote these words, Jerusalem will be restored with justice. The repentant will be revived by righteousness. And there was that word again. Revive. And I meditated on that verse over and over again. And I sensed that God was saying something to me about revive. 
But I also sensed that God was saying something to our church about Revive. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to study what the Bible says about how God revives his people. Because we all come to places in our spiritual journeys where we need to be revived. And in fact, I believe some of you are here today. You're here because you have a hunger. You have a hunger in your soul. You have a longing. And you're not sure how to speak it, but you feel it. And you're here because you want to be revived. You see, sometimes we get into a place where we find ourselves tired or stagnant or empty or depressed or hopeless. Sometimes we can get stuck in a negative funk where we need to be revived. We want to be revived in our connection with God. We want to be revived in our relationships. We want to be revived in our vision for life. And men, on this Father's Day weekend, I think the greatest thing that we could do for those of us that are fathers, is to pursue a revived life for the sake of our families and our friends. So I want us to unpack what the prophet Isaiah said about how God revives his people. So let's, let's start by looking at that word, revive. The Old Testament of the Bible was written in Hebrew language. And in the Hebrew, that word revive literally means to recover or to renew life. So through the prophet Isaiah, God is telling his people how they can experience recovery and renewal in life. <clears throat> and so I was, I was trying to think of like how to picture that, you know, how to envision that. And, and I think that springtime is a great time to envision what being revived looks like. We just, we're, we're coming on the tail end of spring because pecan trees and crepe myrtles sprout new leaves. Mountain laurels blossom, you know, when they spread their fragrance, uh, fragrant scent. Plants blossom and bloom. And revive is sort of like that. Revive is about experiencing a recovered and renewed life. Now, the week I received this word from the Lord in that dream, I had gone to my sister Brenda's house for lunch. And uh, at that time, she lived in Fair Oaks Ranch just south of Bernie. And uh, when we went by for lunch, she told me that her golden lab named Jeep had been acting really strange that week. And I said, well, what do you mean? What was he doing? She said, well, he kept laying down on his, his uh, bed, you know, his floor pillow, and he was sitting there with his hands crossed like that. And she says, he never does that. And she kept walking by and looking at him like, okay, something's wrong, something's wrong. Well, finally, she told me, she went up and looked and pulled his hands back, and there was a baby bunny rabbit under his paws. Now, at first, Brenda thought Jeep had smothered it because its eyes were closed and it wasn't moving. Jeep was probably saving that bunny for dessert later. <laughs> but my sister picked up the bunny and cuddled it. And then she gave it some water. And that baby bunny revived. And the next morning, she released the bunny and it found its mother again. Sometimes painful life situations or abuse can cause us to need reviving. And the scriptures teach that God can and will help people recover 
and experience renewal from such devastating circumstances. But sometimes the pain we feel or the desperation of our circumstance is due to our own poor decisions. When we choose to go our own way and ignore the moral teachings of Scripture, we can suffer the consequences. And in this case in Isaiah, that is what happened. Isaiah spoke to people who needed to repent so they could be revived. That's why Isaiah wrote, <coughs> the repentant will be revived by righteousness. So what does that mean? What does it mean to repent? Again, in the Hebrew language, that word translated repent is a word picture. And it pictures a turning due to a change of mind. And when we turn, we turn from something and we turn to something. Now, you can repent of anything, right? Re repent is not like just a religious word. So, so for example, let's say you're here and you're an L.A. Laker fan and you decide to repent of that horrible decision. <laughs> that means you turn from following one team to following a good team, you know, like the Spurs. You repent. Or like, yeah, baby, thank you. Or like, like a few years ago, my daughter decided to become a vegetarian. So she repented from eating meat. But then after a few years, she realized that really stunk. And so she repented again and started eating meat again. I think it was the whole giving up bacon thing. I mean, that's just craziness. Anyway, <laughs> Isaiah tells us that the repentant will be revived. <laughs> when they turn from something to something. So, what did the people in Isaiah's day need to turn from? Well, the prophet confronted them for worshiping idols. He challenged them for neglecting the poor and the oppressed. He chastised them for harboring lust, for expressing arrogance, for lying and for stealing. In essence, he confronted them for doing the wrong thing what the scriptures often call sin. And when we choose to do the wrong thing, this is what happens. We feel the burden of guilt. And guilt sucks the joy and peace out of life. Guilt weighs us down and smothers us. So Isaiah called these believers to repent, to change their minds, to turn from something to something. The repentant turned from something to something. They turned from their sins, and according to Isaiah, they turned to righteousness. We turn to righteousness when we start to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. That's what it means to repent. It's pretty simple. And according to Isaiah, repentance is a turning that revives us. Now, I have personally met people who have experienced this kind of reviving, the kind that Isaiah spoke about. It was during the 1980s, and Christians in the East European nation of Romania faced harsh persecution, and uh, they lived under oppressive poverty. But they experienced revive. Let me tell you what happened. It all began in a church. 
Now, this church was in a part of Romania where there were luscious vineyards all over the place. And in fact, all of the people in the church had vineyards, including the pastor and the church leaders. Well, anyway, each Sunday night before the church services, the pastor and those church leaders would bring some, some, uh, some of the wine from their vineyard so that everybody could try and taste. That sounds pretty good. But over time, they brought more and more wine. And over time, they drank more and more wine. And it got to the point where the pastor and those church leaders would drink so much wine before their Sunday night service that they would show up to the Sunday night service with a buzz. Mm. Well, one day, that pastor got a word, sort of like the word that I got. And he realized it was wrong for him to numb himself he recognized it was especially wrong for him to try to lead worship services and teach the scriptures intoxicated. And so he turned. God convicted that pastor to turn. And then he challenged the other church leaders, and they turned. And then together, they challenged their people. And the people turned. And when the people turned, God revived them. Now, reviving did not mean the absence of problems or hardships. They still face many trials in life. Reviving did not mean they all of a sudden became financially wealthy. Most of them were relatively poor. <clears throat> but reviving did give those people a renewed spiritual awareness of God's presence. Reviving did give them an enriched faith, and they experienced numerous miracles. And reviving did lead them to experience incredible peace, joy, and love, no matter what their circumstances. But it all began when believers turned. What do you need to turn from so you can be revived? I'm asking God to speak to you now the way he spoke to me that night. I'm asking God to give you a word or a picture. I'm asking God to show you an act that he wants you to stop or a habit he wants you to shake. I'm asking God to speak to you about turning from some relationship you know is wrong or some addiction that's tearing your relationships apart. I'm asking God to expose any toxic attitudes in you like anger or resentment or jealousy. I'm asking God to speak to you about turning from lust or greed, or pride. Because if you will turn, God will revive. Repentance is a turning that revives. And a revived life is a better life. A revived life is brilliant and vivid. A few years ago, my wife Barbara won a week-long trip to the Tuscany area of Italy. And on our first full day in Rome, where we, we flew to, we lined up a tour to see the spectacular Sistine Chapel. Located in Vatican City, this Renaissance-era chapel contains the amazing frescoes of the, the world-renowned artist Michelangelo. Now, he painted this grand vision, get this, while lying on his back on scaffolding between 1508 and 1512, four years but after 450 years of soot, 
uh, and melted wax from burning candles in the Sistine Chandel, uh, Chapel, it ended up with layer upon layer of grime and dirt. No one knew what Michelangelo's masterpiece really looked like anymore. So in 1980, the Vatican commissioned the restoration of the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And after 14 years of painstaking work, Pope John Paul II unveiled the revived Sistine Chapel ceiling. And what people saw <laughs> amazed them. The masterpiece became bright and sharp. Colors became vivid and complex. Features became clear and amazingly precise. When revived, the masterpiece beneath the dirt and grime shined like never before. Repentance is a turning that revives. Sin muddies our lives. It dims the light within. It makes grim what is bright within us. Layer upon layer of soot covers us up, weighs us down, and smothers us. I'm going to ask you again, what do you need to turn from? When we turn, it's like we give God permission to remove the grime and the dirt that dims our lives. If you will turn, God will revive. Listen to the promise God made through the same prophet, Isaiah, just a few verses earlier. This is Isaiah 1.18. <clears throat> Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Do you see what God is saying here? He's saying, if you will turn, I will revive. God created you to live a bright life, a colorful life, a vivid life. I want you to get this. You are a masterpiece. I'm going to say that again. You are a masterpiece. Your best life possible is not covered with soot and dirt and grime. Your best life possible is bright, colorful, and vivid. Your best life possible is a revived life. And if you will turn, God will revive. And the turning begins with me. When I first read Isaiah 1:27 about how God revives the repentant, I knew God was speaking to me personally. There was an area in my life where I was not obeying the Lord. The Lord had been speaking to me about it for quite some time, just being honest, but I wasn't listening. I was doing the wrong thing. And so if God wasn't speaking to anyone else, this message of turning, and reviving, he was speaking to me. And so I humbled myself. I prayed a prayer of repentance. And I made a vow to turn. And then I told three other people who were close to me about what I was turning from to hold me accountable. And I recommitted myself to do the right thing. I did my part. And God has done his part. 
He has revived my life, and I am grateful to him for that. I realize what I needed to turn from to be revived. What do you need to turn from? You know, last week I told you guys that this church was a safe place of grace. And a part of being a safe place of grace means that our church is also a safe place to repent. This is a safe place to turn. What do you need to turn from? Today I'm asking you to turn. So I'm going to ask if everybody would stand with me, everybody watching in the video cafe and online. <coughs> I'm going to ask that you would close your eyes for a moment and give everybody some space to have you know, a personal moment with God. And if God is speaking to you, if he is showing you something you need to turn from, then I'm asking you right now, if you would turn to your right, just go ahead and turn your body right where you're standing. And if you don't need to turn from anything, you don't have to do it. And if you're not ready to turn, then don't do it. I, I would just encourage you to pray for everybody else in the room. But there's some of us today who need to turn. And so if you know you need to turn, turn to your right. And I'm going to lead you in a, in a prayer of repentance. Are you ready? I'm going to lead you through it. I'm going I'm to lead you through it phrase by phrase. You can just whisper it out loud. God, I know you love me. And I know you want to revive my life. But this, there's this area in my life where I know I need to turn. And today I choose to turn. I confess my sin to you. And today I turn from, and then name whatever it is you're turning from. It may be a, a, an act that you need to stop. It may be a relationship you know is wrong. Whatever you need to speak. This, that's what confession is. It's when you speak it. God, I turn from this. And now I want you to turn completely to your left. Go ahead and turn. And I'm going to pray this over you. The Lord promised that if we would turn, that He would remove every stain of sin, every part of it, from our lives. He promised to relieve us of the guilt. He promised to give us a revived life. And so, God, I ask you to do <coughs> what only you can do. We can't revive our own lives, but you can revive our lives. And so my prayer is that you would do that right now upon every person who has confessed their sin and turned from it, those who have repented. I pray that you would revive us. Your best life is ahead of you. The revived life is ahead of you. Do the right thing. The repentant will be revived by righteousness. And Lord God, I pray that promise over our people. I pray that whenever we recognize an area of our lives where we know we need to turn, I pray that when we turn, when we humble ourselves and turn, that you would revive. And let revive begin with me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.